It's always such a beautiful thing to see clouds descending in that San Gabriel Valley as I drive home, drive to church from my home in uh, San Gabriel. And today was one such morning, and it's almost like the, it's like smoke, smoke coming from the ground. And with my friend Jim, Jim and I, we used to hike the uh, Mount Wilson quite often, not all the way up, but one of those ridges, we used to go and sit there and pray. And this time that ridge was above the cloud. And I was thinking, I wish if I was in that ridge today because I could have touched the cloud like this. Um, it's such a beautiful thing. We rarely see that in, many, in any other part of the world. Um, and I thank for that morning. And as I take it, as, as you know, that I'm a visual thinker. God speaks to me through pictures quite often. Uh, and I take it as a sign for me, at least for me, uh, in this new year. Uh, you know, we have been following the cloud, and once in a while, as we have seen in the story, the cloud descends. The cloud descends, and the cloud decides to be with us. And I pray that that will be the new season of Lake Avenue Church. Um, uh, the presence of God, having said that, it's one thing to follow the cloud. Actually, it's much easier to follow the cloud than to live in the cloud. Uh, the Old Testament saints literally uh, feared the presence of God, the, 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 the tangible uh, presence of God manifesting in them because it called for holiness. It called for uh, you know, our own uh, proper uh, relationship with God, right? So it's as great as it is. It is also much more demanding and in a way dangerous too. So it is good to be in the presence of the Lord and we hope and pray uh, that we will be able to enjoy and experience, celebrate the presence of the cloud, the dissension of the cloud among us. I have had the distinct privilege to speak, uh, to do the first, the New Year sermon for the last three years, year 2020, year 2021, year 2022. Uh, so this is my third New Year sermon in a row, <laughs> which is... <laughs> So I've been kind of asking the Lord, what, what am I supposed to speak, uh, especially as a senior pastor? This is the time I really have to think about this kind of stuff, right? Uh, so, um, so once again, um, I believe the Lord spoke to me through a picture. So I'm going to show you a picture. And, and I think that is where the, the, the Lord is leading us uh, in this new season. I hope that picture will come up very soon. Yes. Um, you have seen this, at least partially. I have uh, shown this in one of my earlier sermons, at least part of it. I'll give you a few seconds to take a look at it. And as you, what you see is the stickman diagram, and some of you uh, might remember from the four spiritual laws of Campus Crusade back in the days, now they are called crew. 
where a person coming to faith in Jesus and there is this big chasm between God and humanity being bridged by the cross of Christ, right? And with the, you know, without Christ, we cannot walk into the presence of God and Christ stands in the middle, stand in the gap between God and humanity and then we come to faith by believing in him, by receiving him as our personal savior, right? and believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. You know that part, that part is correct. And up until that first part. Now the second part is, you know, normally the, 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 five, uh, the four spiritual law kind of leave us there because the idea is for us to come to Christ. But the journey doesn't really end there. Very often we believe that we are called into Christ, into this relationship with Christ, and to, into that harmony between humanity and God. And we are called to church, and we are given a passport and a ticket to go to heaven. We are in a waiting room. Quite often that's a concept, many Christians, including myself, we are waiting for the glorious return of the Lord. And when we are going to be taken in the cloud in heaven, and we are going to have, a, you know, an eternal Florida, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, the beaches and the beauty and all that drinking pina colada, whatever you like, and that's, that's heaven. We are waiting for heaven. That's the picture quite often. We are in the waiting room anxiously for the return of the Lord, which is not false. <laughs> but if you really read the Bible, we are not saved and sent into a waiting room. We are actually saved and sent into the middle of a battle zone. We are saved with a purpose. God didn't save you because there is too much room in heaven and he wants to fill the places, all the mansions in heaven. He has saved us and he has bridged the chasm between God and humanity so that we can recruit people into the middle of a war that's happening right now in this world, in a spiritual reality. Now, we are there, so the second part of the diagram, if you could show that picture again. So the second part of the diagram is that now we are called to become confirmed to the image of Christ. What Christ did in this world for us, we are supposed to manifest that in the world. God called us from the world and then God returned us, sent us back to the world to show to the world what he did for us. Standing in the gap, be a bridge builder, and almost stretching ourselves like a cross. So there is this chasm now between church and culture. Now God has entrusted us to bridge that chasm, and there is a big warfare happening in the world. And God wants us to be his representatives in the gap between the church and the culture. Now that part is 
that which is not often told in that spiritual, fourth spiritual law. So take it as the fifth spiritual law for us to be the bridge builders and cross bearers and to fill, to stand in the gap between church and culture. And that is the calling I believe God has placed on all of us in this new year. And you also saw three words, and I believe this was spoken to me very clearly. Believe, belong, and become. And in the coming season of Lake Avenue Church, anything we do, everything we do, I want to use these three words as the metric of evaluating whether we should do it or not. The problem with the, a church like Lake Avenue, it's a congregational church with amazing talents and people are brilliant, they have creative ideas, they want to do this and every, we do a lot of things. But all we do have to somehow fit into what I would call the progressive steps in a discipleship pathway. I believe the Lord is calling us into a discipleship pathway with distinct step. Believe, belong, and become. Believe is where we start, and that's where the four spiritual law take us to. You know, then we belong to the family of God. And then, once we belong, it is not here for us, all of us to sit here and sing Kumbaya, but we have to become. That is the ultimate missional call. Become his image in the world. And go back to the world where we came from and exemplify or manifest the image of Christ in our world. So, in the coming three weeks, I'll go into each of it. And today, I want to talk about belief. So I don't, I'm not going to take, you know, this is basic, right? Belief. <laughs> so um, I'm going to take a few minutes, and then I, 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 I believe we should start this new year with, with some prayer time. You know, it's, we, we hear sermons all the time, music all the time. We need to, you know, when I joined as a senior pastor, I said one of my first priority, and, and my first priority, not one of my, my first priority is to usher in a culture of prayer. I think we need to spend some time today in prayer. That's what I believe, right? So sermon is not that particularly important. But believe, when we say believe, you know, that word has been very misappropriated in this culture. You know, self-help is a multi-billion dollar industry. If you go to these motivational speakers and, you know, new age gurus, and they all say, believe, believe, believe. It's all about, you know, there was, back in the days, there was, atheism was a fashion. Not believing was a fashion. Today, believing is a fashion. Spirituality has become a fashion. I'm, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Because it, it's, it's, a, it's a new thing. It's a new hype. Believe. But when we say believe, it's almost always about believe in ourselves, right? Believe in yourself. 
Or believing that you can do that thing so that you can manifest. If you believe that you will have a fancy car and a mansion, then it will happen to you. These are positive psychology and all that. Like I said, multi-billion dollar industry, right? So very often we get the wrong picture of believe. And I say believe. It's all, Let's believe God is going to bring 5,000 people into our church. Let's believe that we are going to have a, even a bigger sanctuary. No, that's not what we are talking about. I will never say believe in yourself because I don't believe in myself. Oh, <laughs> you don't know me the way I do know myself. That's Hollywood for you. Jesus never said believe in yourself. That's a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> believe in the person God wants to make you to be. You are made in the image of God. Uh, the transition process is what you believe in. But more importantly, the scripture very clearly says the key words today. I'm not going to make you stand up. We will pray uh, towards the end. John chapter 1, 12. We read that during Christmas. This was also during Christmas. John chapter 1, 12. He gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe in his name. Those who believe in his name has the right to become the children of God. Now, we don't believe in an idea we don't believe in a philosophy. We don't believe in ourselves, certainly not. But we believe in a name, which means we believe in a person. Now, that's very different from the typical understanding of spirituality without religion. People always say that, yeah, I believe there is a supernatural force out there protecting us. And or like I said last week, I believe the universe is speaking to us. You know, it's much easier for people to say that on one side. On the other side, we become extremely fundamentally conservative Christians, which, you know, there's nothing about, wrong about that. But sometimes it's much easier for us to believe in a statement of faith or creed of faith, that's on the extreme, you know, two opposite spectrum. It's much easier to believe in a written statement than believing in a person. Because believing in a person demands a relationship. Now that is tough, isn't it? Because at that point, our faith has to go from a cognitive realm to the affective realm from the head to our heart. And the moment we believe in a person, there is also a sense of accountability. It's much easier to believe in the force of Star Wars because it's an impersonal force. Who cares? That's why people don't like believing in God, not because they don't believe. The moment you say God or the moment they say Jesus, when you attach an identity to it, we automatically become accountable to that person. We want a religion without responsibility. We want spirituality without accountability. That's why we, found it, we find it very appealing. But those who believe in his name because the name of Jesus is the only name that is given to us 
for salvation. So we invoke the name of Jesus. So I'm going to read from Acts chapter 4.12. Acts chapter 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. And we are standing here and preaching because Jesus' name is the only name given for salvation. That Now, that is not very popular in this post-modern, post-Christian, post-everything society we live in. Even Christians downplay the name of Jesus. Well, you know, just believe in God. It doesn't really matter. Or just be a good person. Do good things. And, you know, if these things can be done and we can achieve salvation, then Jesus did not have to come to this world and go through that bloody sacrifice on the mountain on Golgotha, on the Gethsemane, and Jesus prayed, Jesus cried out, Father, if there is any other way that this kept can go from me, this cup of pain and agony and death, if there is any other way, there was none. Believe me, if there was, there was any other shortcut, that Jesus didn't have to go through that. The fact that Jesus came to this world and died for our sins and bridge the chasm between God and humanity is the very reason we sit here, and that's why believing in his name is very, very important. It is the duty of the church to proclaim unapologetically that Jesus is the way, the life, and truth, and no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. So that is what we believe. And I know even some Christians find it very hard to believe that it is too exclusive. How can we say that? You know what? I have written a book about it. I have developed a course about it. I'm not going to get into that. This is another day, another sermon. You can check it out at some point. You Google it, it will all come up. I have spent almost 10 years of my life to understand how can a faith unapologetically say that this is the only way to faith. Does that make sense? And it did to me, and I've written about it, and this is not the time to talk about it. But all I want you to know that believing in Jesus' name is the only path to salvation, and that is our duty to proclaim to the world, and that is why we are saved into the middle of a battle zone, into the middle of a culture war that is raging in our world. More importantly, more importantly, we invoke Jesus' name in our prayer, in our prayer. Have you wondered why when we end our prayer, we say, in Jesus' name, <laughs> in Jesus' name we pray? I used to wonder, Jesus didn't ask you to pray that way, did he? The Lord's Prayer doesn't end by saying, in my name, or Jesus didn't teach us to pray like that. Have you ever wondered? 
Again, am I the only person who wonders th these kind of things? <laughs> what? Or you're too afraid to ask this question? Nobody has ever asked me this question. But I wondered about this, right? It was not in Lord's Prayer, in Jesus' name. For the reason, I believe, <laughs> as you can see in that picture, there is this big chasm between God and humanity, right? So if we try to call on to God, if we try to speak to God, which is what prayer is, it is almost like trying to call somebody. You know, have you ever been to Grand Canyon? Right? If you're in the West Coast, if you haven't been to Grand Canyon, you have to see that. That's one of the most miraculous scenes. Anyway, the point is, if you go to one end of the Grand Canyon and Joanne is on the other end, and I'm trying to call her, Joanne, come over here. Oh, Joanne, can you do this for me? There is no way you can hear because it's just like you're speaking into the middle of the air. The chasm is so wide. The gap is so wide. There is no point in even attempting a prayer. Now, that's why Catholics, you know, I really like Catholics. They come up with this idea of what they call mediators, right? Media, mediator. They have different saints. They have different saints. And the saints mediate for us. We pray to the saints so that the saints will pray for us because they believe that this, this chasm is so wide, we need to have some mediator between us and God. And for them, these are many saints. And theoretically, they are right because this chasm is so wide. But the Bible says very clearly, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says this. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Catholics got it right in the first part of it, that we need a mediator. No question about it. But there is only one. There are not many as we see in different, uh, anyway, different churches and chapel. There is only one mediator between God and man, and that is the God who came in human form, and his name is Christ Jesus. That's why we invoke Christ's name in our prayer without uttering his name in a way, and, but, uh, you know, there is no way for us to access him, so we are simply acknowledging that you are our mediator to approach to the God who is descending in the cloud which Old Testament saints revered and they tried to run away. They, they couldn't even look at. They couldn't even go near God. But because of you, Jesus, we have the access to go to the same God and open our heart and share our dreams. So that's why we pray in Jesus' name. So I invite you today to spend a few minutes to pray. Okay, I'm not going to make you do anything dramatic. I'm going to let you sit in the pews wherever you're sitting in the coming few minutes. And the worship team, if you want to come and can play some music for us and worship music for us. That's great. But this is what I want you to think about. When you pray in Jesus' name, see, 
First of all, <laughs> it gives you access, right? If I go and pray in my name, nothing is going to happen. I'm a nobody in heaven, right? It's like I'm screaming from one side of the Grand Canyon. But when you pray in Jesus' name, your prayers are in heaven. But at the same time, I want you to know the other side of the coin is that it is also a tremendous responsibility. See, you are using Jesus' name. One of my cousins is a speech writer for a, for a university president. I don't want to disclose which university, one of the main universities here. And she writes speeches for this president. <laughs> she, most of the things that come out of this president or the statement he makes and all those, uh, all those uh, speaking he does is coming out of my cousin's pen. She writes it for him. And uh, I always ask her, how do you do this? Because you are using somebody's name who is so powerful. See, it's much easier for us to do something in our name, but when we invoke somebody who's very mighty and powerful and write a, a speech for them, how do you, how do, you do that? She's, she says, you have to really be able to think like that person before you write something in his name. So I spend a lot of, try to spend as much time as I can be with him. I try to read everything he writes. I try to listen to every speech he does. And I try to attend the functions wherever he goes. I try to be as close to him as possible so that I will be able to learn to think like him so that I can speak in his name. See, we use Jesus' name at the end as some kind of a magic wagon. <laughs> magic wand, sorry. <laughs> you know? We want, Lord, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, and in Jesus' name, by the way. No, that's not how it works. Before we pray in Jesus' name, you have to make sure that Jesus will be praying the same prayer too. See, I want you to know there is only one prayer heard in heaven. Not Matthew John's prayer, not any of your prayer. There is only one prayer heard in heaven that is Jesus' prayer. That is why we use Jesus' name. The moment you put Jesus' name under it, you made that prayer a Jesus' prayer. <laughs> Be careful. That's a dangerous thing to do. Just, you just pray whatever you want, and at the end you say Jesus' name. That is atrocious, very dangerous. So today, I want you to be a little careful. I want you to be a little careful before you pray. I want you to close your eyes. Try to listen to what would be Jesus praying for you personally today. Can you picture Jesus praying your prayer? What would be he be praying for you? To our Father in heaven. I want you to pause. I want you to think about that for a second. 
can you hear what Jesus speaking to Father God about you? <laughs> oh, this is my son. This is my daughter. You know what? I think he or she needs X, Y, and Z. Don't bring in your prayers. What would be Jesus praying for you? Take a minute or two to say that prayer in the new year. The true prayer in Jesus' name. What would be your prayer for Lake Avenue Church in this year? What are you praying for Lake Avenue Church? Not what our senior pastor says, not our ministry council says. What would you, what are you praying for? What are your hopes and dreams and your visions and your burdens, your burdens for our church, for our community? What is your prayer for Lake Avenue Church. Can you listen in in that conversation between Father God and our Lord Jesus Christ? What is that prayer for Lake Avenue Church in Jesus' name? I'll give you a couple more minutes. What is Jesus' prayer for the world in which we live right now? No political agenda, not your sociological understanding, 
not what you read from uh, the newspapers or listen to from the YouTube. No. Just free your mind to ask the Lord, Jesus, what is the prayer in Jesus' name for our world today? What are you praying for our world today? Take a couple more minutes, please. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 to 11 says, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father God, we thank you for sending your Son to bridge this big chasm between you and us. Thank you for giving him as our mediator. Forgive our childish prayers, as innocent as it is, as they are. Lord, today we are surrendering ourselves completely to the will of God so that we can listen to Jesus' prayer whispering in our ears so we can utter the same prayer in his name so that we will have that perfect harmony with you as we enter this new year. Father, we pray for a dying world out there without the privilege that we have, the life-giving manner of the scripture, the connection with God. Lord, we don't want to be safe and we don't want to be just so comfortable in this waiting room and we just want to get out and to do the righteous fight for you, Lord, as we engage in the spiritual warfare. We pray that you will empower Lake Avenue Church to be that community which will have the form of the crucified Christ stretch ourselves so wide with one hand we hold the church, and with the other hand, we hold the culture, as painful as that is, and we will, like you did, with your strength, 
bridge this chasm between church and culture in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.